Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, July 11th, and I am your host, Max Rothman. And it's been a minute since I've been uh, a host of a podcast. I've been gone, you know, it's been July 4th, but it's allowed us to watch a lot of tennis for those of us who were able to take time off work. And it's been kind of a roller coaster of a tournament. A lot of uh, seeds in the beginning who aren't here in the later rounds that we expected. And so uh, it's been interesting to see some of these names that we don't typically see, like a Pea or a Roberto Batista Goot in these later rounds. And same thing on the women's side. I mean, seeing a, a Strikova in the semifinals and as well as a Svitolina, I don't think these are names that we expected to see. But there's been some spectacular tennis and a voice that we haven't heard on the podcast the I think the entirety of the tournament, which is actually ridiculous considering I did promise you some uh, some airtime before the tournament started. And that is our tennis channel expert and tennis channel expert. You're not a tennis channel expert. You're a tennis channel. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an editor at tennis channel. You're an editor yeah, at so tennis I guess channel. I'm, I'm a full-blown sports writer, so I'm adjusting to that. I you're was a just sports writer. Media. You're a celebrity tennis coach, right? Soon Speaking to, soon, of. Soon to be coaching Owen Wilson. Oh. Speaking <laughs> of, that was Anyways, this is, this is Kale Hammond. Uh, welcome back, baby. Uh, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was like the coolest thing ever. Owen Wilson's my favorite, favorite actor of all time. Like, it's not even really close. He's just, I love, he seems like the chillest person of all time. And he walked into this coffee shop and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's Owen Wilson. I need to go say something to him. And he sat down right next to me and he was wearing Federer uh, tennis shoes. Of course he was. shoes. And I was like, uh, you going to play some tennis later? And he goes, yeah, I am actually. And so I told him what I was doing, working for Wimbledon. And, and we talked a little bit about the tournament. And then uh, maybe we're, we're going to play some tennis. Who knows? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Here, Fingers crossed. Did he, did he have any uh, hot takes on the tournament? Um, no, he knew about Coco Golf. He just we sort of wanted <laughs> to talk about how good, how good Federer and Nadal and Djokovic were. Um, that was what he was sort of interested in. All right, so he's he's got to listen to to the podcast and get some some additional knowledge from from us, so he can you know converse a little bit more deeply than just the big three and Coco Golf because everyone knows about the big three and Coco Golf. Uh, but anyways, that would be sweet. Hopefully, uh, I can you know swing my yeah, way. Yeah, wish into me a, luck. <laughs> hopefully, I can swing my way into a little hit with him as well if uh, if possible. Or maybe yeah. maybe we swing dubs with him and Steve Nash. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I mean that can that can happen. Let's let's get going, dude. I'm tired. I'm gonna wake up ever so early and cover this tournament. So let's let's get going. Perfect. Well, we had four matches today. The men's quarterfinals. There there was uh, some doubles and some mixed doubles, but uh, we we are gonna cover the men's singles matches and then preview the women's semifinals. But let's start with probably I guess the most entertaining match of the day. Uh, I don't know if it's the most entertaining, but the tightest match. This is Guido Pea versus Roberto Batista Agut. Agut wins this in four, seven, five, six, four, three, six, six, three. And you know, I, I shouldn't have said the most exciting because, in my opinion, both the both guys looked kind of tired. Uh, especially Pea did not seem like he had the energy he had in previous rounds. But Batista Agut, man, even though he did look tired, taking the ball early, he, strokes look really clean. I'm not expecting you know too much from him in the next round, but uh, what what do you think of him just from this tournament? And actually, before I have you do that, can I can I get a shot clock west off and give you two minutes to just talk about Wimbledon since you haven't had a chance yet? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. All right, west off. Start start the clock. 
Alright, the first thing I, w- I need to talk about is Bernard Tarma getting fined 100% of his prize money. <laughs> um, it's You can't do that. You can't get in this guy's wall. It, it, it's a subjective penalty, and you have these guys in suits determining an effort level of a player. Maybe that was part of the strategy, is to just act like he's not trying at all. Like And, and maybe you know, that is honestly part of like his strategy sometimes, and... I know he's like he's really not trying that hard, but but at the same time, it's like look, the guy is top hunter of the world. The guy worked his off to get in, and he got in. And once you once you get in the tournament, you can, as far as I'm concerned, you can do whatever you want because you earned your way. You you earned your right to compete, and you earned your right to have your name in the draw, and that's all that matters. It's like you know you could pull out and take take half your money, but okay, that's ridiculous. And I was texting all some tennis players; they just thought it was absurd. Uh, there could be like a potential lawsuit coming soon. Honestly, it's that Ooh. ridiculous. It's just absurd. So that's one thing. And then the next thing is big. The mixed doubles today was pretty crazy. How it was like Federer, Nadal, Djokovic were all playing at the same time, and like Andy Murray, Serena Williams was definitely like the most exciting match today. And they lost too to to Nicole Melikar and Bruno, Bruno Suarez. But that was pretty cool how it makes doubles. Like, it was so cool for that sport, and in general, it shines, shines such a spotlight on it. And then the last thing I want to talk about is how the, slow the grass is playing. It looks like a hard court. The players can't believe how slow it is either. Like, all the transcripts from the first day and the second day, the interview transcripts were just courts playing so slow, playing so slow. Uh, Dennis Kula actually said it was, like, playing the slowest of all the slams. And Federer went and said that it's playing much slower than the U.S. Open. And he had some stats to back it up, and it's interesting why a tournament that's so steeped in the tradition is is you know changing up the surfaces. But uh, it's, you know, and especially the matches haven't been all that great. So I don't know. I kind of miss the old school grass, and that's all I've got. Yeah, it's so. I mean, a few things. One, there there was a tweet today, um, you know, talking about your Tomic rant. You know, uh, Batista, or excuse me, Gofen lost. I think fourteen of sixteen games after that first set. And I think that was the same stat about Tomic's match that he lost, you know, 14 of 16 games and uh, in some, you know, quick, quick amount of time. I mean, look, Gofan was trying and lost like that. So, <laughs> I mean, are we really, right. we're really about to find a guy for, for doing the same thing? Sure. Maybe he wasn't, you know, giving it his all, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm with like you. The optics shouldn't matter in that case. Like the guy won 38% of his points. You know, uh, Bernard Tomic did, and that was the same. Same. He actually won more, a higher percentage than Songa did against Nadal. Right. And that Songa match was was awful too. Like Songa played horrible. Yeah. And and he the effort level certainly wasn't as high as I've seen it from Joe Songa. You know, like he didn't try it. You know, you know, you're getting beat that bad. It's tough. And Songa, it's it's ironic that Songa's the one who did it to Tomic, and then uh. He loses, and and then the, the the time I think might be the biggest factor. It was less than an hour for a three set match, which is, you know, it's pretty unacceptable. Yeah. Um. You know, playing devil's advocate, the time, like how it's under an hour, all three sets. That's that's that. that it's impossible. That's wild. That's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, it there. There's both sides, but it's still ridiculous either way. And then, uh, I guess the the court thing. Nadal actually doesn't think that the the court has changed. He thinks that the balls are heavier. Is that just absurd? Like I don't even know what to think of that. They've been talking about the balls a little bit too, 
and it's definitely yeah. He's Federer said the same thing that the ball it's it's tough to you know to to do a lot with it, and you're sort of just hitting it hitting it back over, and that the balls were slower too. And yeah, I mean, Federer doesn't seem to be too pumped about, it, especially that you see the way Nadal's playing right now. I mean, Federer's playing amazing too, but Nadal looks really special right now. He he looks he looks as healthy as I've seen him as I can remember. Yeah, I mean, Nadal, just the way he's changing direction is just so impressive. He, you know, really screwed up Query at the, the last two sets of this match. But um, that's that's a good place to get us back into our quarterfinal recap. Let's let's get back to that Pea, Roberto, Batista, Goot. I mean, I thought they looked tired. Did you see anything else from these guys? Like, what, what do you think about RBA's game at the moment? His grass court like statistics and record are amazing. I think uh, he's something like thirty-seven and twelve right now, like career on grass, like something absurd. Like it's it's by far his his highest win percentage on any surface, and I'm not sure why. You know he must just love it. But Djokovic uh, was talking about him today, and he said that RBA loves it low, and the grass keeps it low, and he likes to strike the ball low. You know, sort of by his knees. He doesn't. He doesn't really like it too high because he's got that um, more eastern grip. And I think, yeah, it's just he's a flat ball hitter who likes it low and takes it early and changes direction really well. And the grass courts reward that because it's tougher to move along the baseline. And if you can change direction as well as he can and as straight as he can with his forehand and backhand down the line, you know, your money. He's yeah. money. He's yeah, he's mean, so good. He's. <laughs> Uh, that's what, good. That's what I was saying, you know, in the beginning. Just the way that he's striking the ball, taking it early, you know, pushing that forehand down the line so smoothly. I mean, he looked great in Halla against Fed. You know, I, I know he lost that match in three, but he looked really good. And um, the the problem is, and I, and I don't want to get too much into this, the men's semifinals matches, but I just think there's no way that he even gets a set off Djokovic. Like he, Djokovic just looks way too good. I mean, look at what he did to go Fenn today. 6-4, 6-0, 6-2, those last two sets, I mean, it was a joke. Like, I, I, There's not even a whole lot to say about it. No, that was one of those where you sort of feel bad for the guy. <laughs> I mean, I sort of felt bad for him when I was watching it. I don't know if you did, but I, yeah. I, I felt for go Fenn. I was just like, wow, what what the hell did he do? Right. And it's, it's just terrible. It's <laughs> Total. They call that they call that God mode. That's what it's known when 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 Fed Nadal and Joker because they're the only three that can sort of do that. Call it God mode. Yeah, I mean it doesn't even look like he's trying. He's just kind of moving around the court and hitting it away from you, and you're just like, well, uh, that's that. Like, I, there's I don't know what to do. He won ninety three points, and <laughs> and Gofen won sixty six. He won thirty three percent more points. It's just gross you you almost never see that kind of split in a men's match but there's not even a, a point in going into the other statistics of of that match Let's, no I, there's been so many lopsided matches and it just it has to just be a testament to how amazing these players are and the big three it's just it's just insane yeah never probably I'm, i don't think we'll ever see anything like it uh, ever again three guys just racking up this many slams they're all going to probably end up in the 20s yeah it's just, it's just nuts it doesn't it's, make it it's it's beautiful i mean i'm seeing tweets all over the place about you know if the three weren't around you know how many grand slams would nishi Corey have and 
uh, you know, Nishikori lost to Fed, you know, right here in the quarters. You know, I, who's to say that he couldn't have had five, six, seven Grand Slams? I The dude's been in, you know, this position in the quarterfinal and then has to play, you know, one of these big three at, you know, on numerous occasions. It's just, it's so unfortunate to be in this era of these guys. But uh, you, you can complain, but you can also just admire how amazing it is. Um, but the, the only the only other thing I want to say about Batista Goot before we move on to the bottom half of these quarters, apparently he was supposed to be uh, at his bachelor party this weekend in Ibiza, and his friends went because uh, everything, I guess, was paid for and settled, and now he's in the semifinals, and they're all flying from Ibiza to London to come support him, so kind of a, a crazy little little story, and uh, pretty pretty dope for RBA to say sorry can't make my bachelor party I'm in the <laughs> semis of Wimbledon yeah it's a good way to miss it I'm a huge fan of, of that of scheduling things early in the tournament so that if you're still in somehow you have to cancel your plans and you know do that stuff because there's no it's a, it's a win-win situation right you know it either it's just you're setting yourself up for a tr- tremendous situation you either are leaving on time and everything's fine you don't have to deal with it or you have to change it because you're winning, and if you're winning and you're in the tournament, everything's gonna feel amazing. So it's all good. So I'm a huge fan of that move. And and the extra prize money he got probably from the quarterfinals to the semifinals easily covered his entire bachelor party. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he's not complaining. But uh, let's let's move on to the the bottom half of these quarterfinals. I started to talk about Nishikori and how he got screwed by these big three. Look, I knew the second this match started and Fed looked slow. And Fed's looked slow in a couple of his first sets in, in Wimbledon, you know, except for Berrettini. I can't even, can't really even count that match. But he's looked slow in a couple of these first sets. And he looked slow again today against Nishikori. And you saw him start to pick it up. And after that second set, I mean, he was in every single one of Nishikori's service games. It was just ridiculous going for huge returns and honestly spraying a lot long and I don't know if you think that's you know uh, somewhat of a testament to the balls being heavy and feeling like he needs to you know over swing a little bit um, but the way that he was attacking the re- the the serve regardless was you know a huge reason why he was able to be successful today and probably something he's gonna need to do on Friday against Nadal what do you think about Federer's game you know moving into this semifinal round I think all, all the big three look fantastic, and they all look, you know, borderline unbeatable in their own way. I think Fed probably, you know, looks the worst of all the three, and I, I which is crazy of, I'm to say. To see what, see what the odds are on that match. I don't know if they're out yet, but um, they are out. I would probably give Nadal a slight edge. Nadal does have the slight the way, edge, minus one forty. Like okay, yeah, based on the way he's playing right now. Because it'd be so tough to beat him three out of five with the way he's moving, and 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 you know Federer going the distance. I mean, it's uh, who knows, man. It's it's just so pumped that we get it again. It's amazing they've only, they haven't played at Wimbledon in what is it eleven years? Yeah, since, since that two thousand eight. That was the last time they played. Hopefully, it can be uh, uh, as fifty percent as good as that match. <laughs> They can give us something to cheer for this Wimbledon because the men's matches recently, yeah, you're right. They've been sort of a snooze fest, honestly. It's been fun to watch them play at this level, but it sure hasn't been too entertaining when just you know the outcome. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the just the things for Federer to improve on for the next match against Nadal. He goes 4 of 14 on break points. That's just unacceptable. If you want to beat Nadal, you've got to take, you know, the opportunities you have to break. And so hopefully we, we get a little bit more uh, success from him on break points uh, in the next match. But he served well. He served 66%. He won 81% of those first serves. Nishikori did not serve well. He served 57%. And, uh, you know, on both his first and second serve, only winning 57%. So uh, not, a, not a great showing from Nishi in this match, but not a whole lot, I guess, he could have done. The other quarterfinal, Query and Nadal, was, you know, a, another kind of weird match, a, a strong first set from Query. And uh, he knew from the beginning that he was going to have to be overly aggressive. And, and some people were criticizing him, which I think is ridiculous, saying, oh, you know, he's just going for everything on the second or third ball. Well, it's like, look, dude, you're playing Rafa. Like, unless you're Djokovic or, I mean, I guess kind of fed, you're not going to sit from sit on the baseline and just rally with him. So I think anyone ripping on him is just uneducated. And Query did what he had to do. And, and look, it got him to, you know, five all in that first set, and he had chances. But I think that Query played the right style. What, what did you think about this match? Yeah, it was super high quality in the first set. Query, Query was playing. He was hitting the ball fantastic. The sound of popping ra- off his racket was amazing. Oh, yeah. But Nadal was just, you could sort of get the sense from the entire time. Like, if Nadal's in that many service games and if he's breaking Query in the first set, like, that's that's going to be, it's already bad news. You know, if, if Query's going to beat Nadal, he's really, he really doesn't need to get broken all too often. No. Uh, especially in the, in the early, you know, early on uh, in the first set. You know, you can't, Query can't lose, you know, that third, that third game. And then now he's playing from behind, and then he has to go for broke. If Corey's playing from behind against Nadal, what is he gonna do? Just grind with him? No, it's a, no. Yeah. He has to go for broke. You know, he has to try and get that break back somehow. And yeah. Nadal just looked fantastic. He looks so healthy. You know, moving, moving, amazing, and just he's he's able to get the ball off the court, and you know, gets his opponents onto that slick grass. It's not like hard court or clay court where they can dig into it. You know, it's tough to move on the grass and you can get them outside, you know, on that slicker grass, you know, with his angles and just his, everything that he does, he's just going to, he's going to be really tough to beat, but I want Federer to win. I I guess I'm impartial. No, I'm impartial. I can't wait to see the match. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I won't, I won't touch on that because I'll I'll let that slide, but dude, query, (laughs) query in that first set, 14 aces, had five break points. He does convert one of them. I mean, that's the kind of set you have to play. Serves 61%, wins 81% of his first serves. The crazy stat is he only won 24% of his second serves. You know, so the second he missed that first serve, he was kind of screwed. And then the rest of the, the match, he's got another seven aces on the day and, and just, you know not as high percentage serving. And, and that's just where it went downhill. That first game of the second set, I think he made four first serves and Nadal put all of them back in the court and he broke them in the first game. So it's like he pretty much knew from that point on that, you know, he was going to have to play lights out and that just wasn't going to happen. So Nadal, like yeah, he he said, broke, his spirit was broken for sure. Yeah. Nadal just looks so damn good. It's ridiculous. Um, 
but that that is the the men's quarterfinal you know not the the most exciting day of tennis but uh still high quality and just goes to show that you know all the guys over 30 years old are uh whooping ass. so anything else on on the men's side no, no, I just can't can't wait for the, the you know those amazing matchups. I think RBA Joker is going to be better than you think. Um, RBA oh. is 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 fantastic grass court player, so it'll I mean, be cool to see that one. And then Fed Nadal obviously is iconic, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean, let's they, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some of these uh, women's tennis. Let's talk about that mixed doubles. Did you watch any of that mixed doubles match with Serena? I had to see a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just so fun to watch them on the court. They look like they're having a good time. They do work well together. I mean, it it's just we need more of that in in tennis in general. Yeah, I thought it was so cool how it's shown. You know, it, it sh- shined a, a spotlight on this you know, aspect of sport that is competitive that you don't see in any, it's co-ed. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. It's pretty cool. And it's tennis is the only sport. And I think it was cool that, that it had the spotlight for a day. And I think that was good for the sport for sure. I, I would love to see more of these kind of pairings, you know, in, in the future in tournaments. I, what if we got to see, you know, like a, a Ranich Benchich get a little Canadian action, you know, going on in, in the mixed or, you know, get get the Americans back out there too. Put Tiafo and, and Serena. They've played together. That'd be fun. Like, I think it's so fun, and I don't think that it it's a the kind of thing where you're they're hurting the the rest of their tournament enough. Like they're playing two out of three mixed double sets. Like, come on, like it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, figure out a way to maybe shorten the format or do something to make it worth their while to play. But when the star players play the mixed doubles, as we've seen, it's it's good for the tournament. It really is, but unfortunately, no other mixed doubles matches are really getting highlighted, and probably after now that these two are out, we're not going to see too much more attention on the mixed doubles, but maybe that's that's our t- our chance to, to turn to the women's semifinals, because that is what is going to be talked about. This is an interesting last four it, going into this tournament did you think you were going to see serena strikova and then svitolina and halep no no <laughs> certainly not but after watching serena play a little bit you you know i'm not surprised now but definitely totally surprised to see uh svitolina and it and street i honestly hadn't even seen play like play before i'm sure i had but i couldn't like put a name to the face yeah or a game you know a game to the face the way she played but she was impressive in her match, so I mean, I'm I'm impressed, and and Svitolina is such a fighter. It's only a matter of time till she made you know semis of a slam. So might as well be at Wimbledon, and I can't wait to see that. I think that's going to be a battle between Halep and Svitolina. They sort of have like a similar game. Halep's a little more physical, you know, but they can they can do a lot of different things and they can win different ways, which makes makes them both really good. But Halep especially, you know, her A game, being aggressive, playing you know hitting hitting lights out, hitting corners. And then her B game, which is just defensive because she's so fast and moves so well. And she can play with variety and do do a lot of different things. So, you know, I, she, she could probably win this tournament. Um, I think she's probably going to end up winning this one. And I think that if Svitolina played Serena, there'd just be no chance for her. And I think Halep has, would, would have a chance against Serena. So I think that one, I think that's going to be, I think these are both going to be pretty good. But the first one is the one to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's eyes are going to be on Serena tomorrow. 
Uh, but I, I would agree with you, Halep, the way also that she's, you know, changing direction on the court, similar to Nadal. I mean, she's in her match against Zhang. I mean, you saw her hitting angles, you know, left and right. And, and I've loved the way that she's being patient. I, I think there are often times where she could have been, you know, a little overly aggressive and, and gone for the winner. And, uh, you know, like you said, with the, the courts being uh, apparently as slow as they are, I, I think it's actually to her advantage. Um so I, I agree. I, I think that Hallett will take the match tomorrow, you know, against Svitolina and has the best chance against Serena. I'm curious your thoughts though, this this strick of a Serena match. Serena, you know, obviously against Suarez Navarro just looked dominant, taking those returns, you know, early and deep and then, you know, her match against Ali Risk kinda the other way, you know, wasn't able to be as aggressive. Do you think Serena is going to be able to, you know, similar to the Suarez Navarro, you know, take that first step forward and, uh, you know, be on be on the uh, aggressive type of yeah. play? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I was reading the transcript about Scritchy was talking about playing Serena, and she never. I think this is. I'm not sure if she's played her. Has she played her before? I'll tell you in a sec. For some reason. They have to. They're both, you know, they're both thirty-something years old. They've had to have played. It's true. They are. They they are both old. Strikova's thirty-three. You know, Strikova's been in the quarterfinals of Wimbledon back in twenty fourteen. First Wimbledon Wimbledon was in two thousand and three. It was just crazy. Um, Strikova. I'm still looking this up. Let's see if they've played before. But I, I think from what she was saying in the transcript, it was just, she just like, she's like, yeah, Serena has like an unbelievable return. She has, an un- her serve is impossible to return. It's just like, the the way she was talking about it was just like, okay, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. You know, if you're talking to, okay, Serena is 1-0. Yeah. No, I, I've got more matches. I've got, got more, okay. I've got three, three matches, um, 3-0. Last match was Australian Open, uh, and that was a seven-five-six-four win. <clears throat> excuse me for Serena. That was in the round of sixteen. Uh, previously, they played all the way back in twenty twelve at Wimbledon. Um, in the first round, uh, Serena won two and four, and prior to that, in Aussie Open in the second round, Serena won zero and four. So first two matches not as competitive. Last match in the Australian Open a little more competitive that five and four win yeah but Serena on grass if she serves well I don't think there's anyone who can who can beat her uh she sort of has that pep in her step and look if she's returning 138 mile an hour serves for clean winners <laughs> I think she's going to be okay returning streets to a second serve so I just it's I think playing mixed has honestly helped her you know sort of swing freely and get some extra reps because with her the issue is always match play. Right. She just doesn't play enough and so she's rusty coming into tournaments. So she's able to shake off some of that rust in the mixed doubles and she's looked really sharp. And Ali Risk played amazing. That was that was a good match. That was high quality from both players. So she really has looked pretty pretty solid the entire tournament. Yeah, I mean the the serving percentage for Serena, fifty eight percent against Risk is just not what she needs to, to feel, you know, comfortable and dominant 
she needs to be serving in that you know kind of mid to high 60s range to you know let her feel comfortable in all of her service games and give her that flexibility to you know be aggressive on her returns and so you know i think strikeva with not the strongest serve uh you might you know see a little bit more of that from serena stepping in and, and taking it early and being aggressive but you're right serena has that you know next level that is untouchable and uh, to be honest, I think we might see that tomorrow in the semifinals. So, yeah, this has blowout potential uh, written all over it. I think that's just sort of the vibe that I'm getting from this match. Oh, definitely. <laughs> How, what's your vibe? Is that your? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think after being tested against Risk, you know, she's gonna be ready to you know kind of come out swinging and similar. Like I was saying with her with the returns, I don't think she's going to have as much trouble with, uh, strict of a serve as she did with risks and not that, you know, risk has a crazy big serve, but, uh, is able to, you know, put it in the corners, has a nice slice. So I, I do have a feeling that, you know, Serena could come out swinging. And, uh, I, I think that most people, you know, are probably on the same page looking at the Bovada line, Serena's minus 400 strict of a plus 300. And so, uh, yeah, I think people are, are definitely putting their money on Serena. The other line, kind of interesting, Hallett minus 250, Svitolina plus 200. Not unexpected, I guess, uh, but that's a that's a pretty big favorite for, for Hallett there. Yeah, that 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 is a big favorite. Plus, But still, Svitolina, there's just nothing. She wasn't even like supposed to be here in this tournament. She was pretty injured coming all the way through. You know, her lead-up results weren't very good. Right. And it's sort of surprising that she made it this far, and Halep looks to be in good form. So, I, I, you know, I, you you wouldn't want to bet on that one because you'd have to lay a lot to to cover that minus two fifty. But Halep, I think, is is the safer bet here. You know, if you can drop a fat stack, <laughs> you can you can get get some back. But otherwise, it's not worth it. Agreed. So tomorrow you are taking between Serena and Strikova. I would do Serena minus the game. I would, if it's possible, I would, tr- I would take, um, I would take Serena in the spread. If you have the spreads available mm. on whatever gambling site you do, the I'm sure the sp- it's something like minus three, four, three and a half, four and a half, four and a half. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I would take that because if she gets a six, six one set, then you're good. So. I think a six-one set for Serena is entirely possible if she serves well to begin with, and she just hits two or three return winners as she does. Her, her I was talking to Nicole Melikar who beat her today about playing Serena. I just had to ask her what it was like and stuff, and she's just like, man, like she hits it crazy hard, and it's crazy playing that team because like you don't know where to go because like you're either hitting at Serena or Andy Murray, so you're just <laughs> sort of like, okay, what the f- do I do? <laughs> like, let me just swing my racket and see what happens. That's the best thing you can do. <laughs> exactly. So it'd be, it would be pretty funny to see them, but props to them for beating it. It was really funny, too. Bruno Suarez was serving for that match, uh, serving for – no, he was down down 5-4 serving, and he double-faulted three times. And I asked her what, what what she thought about that, and she said that Bruno said, he didn't like serving from that side, so he did it on purpose so he can serve from the other side the next time. <laughs> and he, she said that really lightened the mood because you know they they were they had a chance to win the match, and this guy, a professional tennis player, double faults three times, and you get broken at love. <laughs> 
So it's pretty funny. That's so good. You need that kind of lighthearted humor at times. Uh, Especially was, in doubles, yeah. Oh, of course. Well, because we we may not have the chance to to hear you again before you know, the tournament is over, give me your picks for the winner for both the men and the women. Go. Serena for the women and Djokovic for the men. No one's going to beat Joker. This is a grass court playing like a hard court, so movement is just the, the most important thing on this court. And Joker's is the best mover by a wide margin uh, right now. And so I think he's going to, with the return, he's able to you know crack his return and get it up in, back into the server so quickly. And then they're off balance, and then he just has you on a string the whole time. And if you go for a big winner and you don't quite hit it right, Djokovic is there, and he's yeah. going to put it on the line. So good luck, and Djokovic is going gonna, is gonna to win the tournament. Well, I I want to argue with you, but you know, not having the the a very tough. Well, I can't say he's not having a tough semifinal, but you know, compared to the Fed Nadal semifinal, that's a, a much tougher semi than than Djokovic. And I, I have a feeling uh, the Fed and Nadal might tire each other out. So uh, I'm gonna have to agree with you, but uh, we'll we'll just have to see. I would love to see anyone but Djokovic win win this tournament it'd be it'd be a fun fun upset I guess you could say yeah someone said I can't remember they said that whoever wins this match uh is probably gonna win you know the all-time Grand Slam count or sorry whoever wins the tournament might end up winning you know the all-time Grand Slam count and I thought it makes sense you know if you oh. give Nadal an extra one, then he gets a couple more Frenches. You give Fed an extra one, he's got some leeway. And if you give Joker this one, it's she's just going to run away with it, it seems like. See, I think no matter what, Djokovic is going to break it. And I hate saying that because I don't want it to happen. <laughs> but it, I would be so upset if that happens. But I, I Don't think no speak matter. it into existence, then. Oh, God, I know. I, I already have. I already have. It's it's been It's been said too many times. But anyways, you heard it here first. Djokovic is winning. Serena is winning. Kale, thank you for taking the time. I know you got to get up early tomorrow morning, and uh, you know, not the the most exciting day of tennis to to come on, but we will continue to bring you on because you've got great takes and great stories. So thank you for for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. I am tired, so I'm gonna go fall right asleep. And uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the rest of the tournament, and I can't wait to come back. Absolutely. But before we let you go, of course, we gotta really quickly say thank you and, and give shout out to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westhoff, who as always have a, f- of a job to do editing these podcasts. So, you know, one last time for my wonderful co-host kale for our super producers, Daniel and Max for the entire team at cracked rackets. Kale, what do we say? That's a break, my friend. And thank you for them for doing all their hard work. And it's crazy. You know, it's crazy to think about how good they are at it, and it's it's pretty cool that you have them. So thanks, thanks again. We don't give them uh, even our, our you know ending is not enough to thank them. So appreciate you saying that. But like you said, that's a break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Enjoy the semifinals. Mm-hmm.